So we're here today with Netta. And I guess, Netta, if you can share a little bit more about yourself and your company and, you know, kind of how you got started into, you know, what you're doing now. Sure, no problem. Nice to be here. Uh, my name is Netta Dorshagi. I'm an entrepreneur. My profession, my original profession is uh, industrial designer. And um, my new company called Miamuse. It's a company for uh, premium cat products and then more specific for uh, for furniture that um, that fills a gap in area that I found for a while. I've been working about this for three years uh, for um, cat furniture that really allows cats to be cats indoors. And that basically the solution um, comprised with a modular um, solid wood uh, cat condo that can change form and add utilities, different utilities to cats needs in even in, in different households. Um, we're about to launch the company in a month from today on, through crowdfunding, probably through Kickstarter. And it's very exciting. Awesome. So I'm assuming that you're a um, cat owner. Like what gave you this idea? So yeah, I'm a cat owner and I'm a pet lover. I've been, I grew, grew up uh, in Israel and during the 80s. I grew up with a lot of animals. I raised a lot of animals, indoors and outdoors. Um, and uh, very, various types of animals, very small and very large ones. Um, my my largest one was when I grew up was a Great Dane. And the smallest one was a a, a gray raven that that i had um during the pandemic i lived in los angeles and a very good friend of mine owned cats um steven and i helped him to move his space and and even before that we hanged a lot of time in his space and he built those very large cat uh towers of wood um of scrapes of wooden ropes whatever you could find and we love to look at his cats just running up uh, those towers like effortlessly and he had like very big cats one of them was like a 20 20 pounds cats move and when we moved his apartment there was a big problem to move everything and knock it down through the stairs and through the elevator uh, beside that, I owned luggage company before that um, called Giro, and it shut down with COVID. It was very, um, uh, it was it was just just um, how shall I say it? When when COVID hits, you know, sales dropped to zero, and it was um, not amplified. The opposite; it was just affected very much because of the recession. And I also knew about the the issue about holding uh, a, a premium company that um, that relies on customer acquisition and e-commerce, where we cannot serve constantly customers because you know when you sell luggage, the lifetime value of uh, of a carry-on is one, you know, especially if it's a good one. So for many years, I wanted to get into the pet industry, and that was the right time. Um, so between my uh, my time that I spent with Stephen and his cats to my inspiration to go to the pet industry, I thought that this would be the product that will get us into the market. Really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I grew up with cats as well, so I could definitely see the need. And actually, I live in Texas, so we have tons of street cats. Like I have 
you know, friends of mine that live on acres of land and they have like 20, 30 cats, you know, so it's like there's so many cats around here. So I guess in terms of right now, what does your day to day look like um, for your company? Well, the company building the startup company is basically um, all uh, jack of all trades day to day because we're we're dealing with product development. We're dealing with the marketing, with the establishing of the marketing and the initial um, channels to sell through um, dealing with finance, of course, and dealing with, you know, the best way, the best channels to go out there. So most of the day today in the last um, um, six months is actually in preparations of launching the company. Um, and it goes through different phases. You know, the first phase, the day-to-day -day is about product development and conceptualization and what to do later on is about uh, developing the actual product and the way to manufacture it and then prototype testing etc cetera, etc cetera, and uh, establishing all the uh, ways and the go-to-market uh, possibilities to to get out there so it's it's kind of um i would say that that launching a startup a product company is almost like a reverse explosion where all the bits and pieces like you know out there and gradually you concentrate them into one point in time where you're ready with the product you're ready with the financing you're ready with the the story you're ready with the offer and then you can just click the button that makes sense so i guess you're talking about looking at different channels for selling your product. I mean, what are you discovering? I guess, like, what are you thinking? Like, you know, Amazon, you're on a website through Shopify. Like, what what have you discovered, um, you know, as you're about to launch this product? So it's an interesting question because there's a lot of opportunities, especially in the pipe market. Um, eventually, I have one barrier before I launch a product company, which called Inventory. And inventory financing is a big challenge. And also to know that the market is willing to pay the, the, the price that we're asking for, because this is a premium product and usually cat owners paying way less uh, money for also way lesser product, but this is a new category that we're building. But that's why I chose to go to crowdfunding. First of all, that I can um, encounter the market with the first glance of the product and uh, with some discount to approach the, the potential market with uh, the correct pricing uh, to see how what is the receptiveness of the market to the pricing as well as building inventory and get pre-orders. Um, because if we are just uh, creating gigantic inventory where the marketplace is not willing to pay, we just you know lost a lot of money or just invested a lot of money in a, in a place that is not completely checked and uh so after crowdfunding basically the challenge will be to create inventory and start the manufacturer and crowdfunding will help and help me in the past to kick off the manufacturing and because the company is a modular company it means that our products are modular we have different kits and those kits are like uh, a lego like we just add more parts um we will have mostly e-commerce uh, because I, I really believe and want the relationship with the customers. I want to get the feedback. I want to uh, serve the customers directly. So it's B2C. But also because uh, there's a lot of other places to get, like Amazon and specialty stores, 
Uh, and this is also a high-end furniture, so it can be in other places uh, that um, I haven't I haven't completely opened the channels with, but it can be sold. So at least some of the kits can be sold through those channels where um, um, it serves both for exposure and customer acquisition. And then when people would like to have different components that we will not sell through those through channels, they will have to go through the through Miami.com through our own stores. So gradually we can um, help ourselves through other vendors to create new channels, as well as maintaining the relationship directly with the customers, which is this is what I really want. The best way to go about it. I guess my question would be if someone is looking to start a product company and if they want to do crowdfunding like how would they even go about doing that like what does that process look like for you okay so i've been doing crowdfunding since uh the dawn of crowdfunding uh it was a new it was a new uh instrument a new tool that started uh i guess 12 years ago something like that and i was uh i was fascinated about this my my own journey in crowdfunding started 10 years ago with the first product that i've done in 2013, so it's exactly a decade, uh, it was a wooden horse toy uh, on Kickstarter. And it was a preliminary product that I did because I, I researched and investigated crowdfunding for myself. And I was at Israel at the time, and I, was, uh, I went with my father to listen to a panel about crowdfunding. Uh, in Tel Aviv University, I think it was in the, in the business division there. And one of the people in the panel actually said something that makes a lot of sense, but it just, you know, I picked that line up. He said that most of the people are more successful with the second campaign and not with the first campaign. And I had my luggage company, my luggage concept at the time in my head. And I thought, hey, this is too important to be a first campaign. Let's do a pilot campaign. Uh, we'll learn more about crowdfunding. We'll see if it works or not. And then we'll just engage. We'll just pour in. The second campaign, uh, we already have some some uh, um, you know uh, experience and notion about what is it even to do a crowdfunding campaign. So that's my my little detour about this. And it took it took two years to to fulfill. I mean, luckily, I I uh, I worked very hard to launch the first campaign. A lot of mistakes, a lot of learning curves, a uh, huge one actually, and uh, I found a factory. I went to many lot of QCs, issues and stuff like that. Eventually, um, when to answer your question about what, what should one um, do or think or know when they're approaching crowdfunding campaign is that there are um, two sections. First of all, they need to have something tangible. I mean, whatever that is, if it's an album, if it's uh, a product or idea that they can communicate and just going through the process the same way you're going through the process with investors, just solidifying an investor deck. Um, you have to come up with, uh, you know, designate the product. What is the offer? How does it look? What's the name? And it, like really what, what you're bringing to the world out there. And then the second thing is how in the tools of crowdfunding, um, you are actually going to join up eyeballs in terms of uh, campaigning and interest creation and storytelling, that when you put the product out there, the product talks by itself when people are seeing it, but it also have you're you're creating channels for enough people to engage with the product while the campaign is alive. And this is a very big challenge because it's an end rule. It's not an, an or rule. I mean, it's this plus this plus this at the same time. 
So um, I, I suggest to people just if if they think that this is the direction from them, just to go start to go through the process, and the process actually guides you very well. And uh, all platforms improve very much the tools that they've been um, providing to creators. And even now, it's way more uh, specific and articulated, and it actually guides creators through the process and tell them what they need to do, what to communicate, how to do that. Uh, it became more professional and, and simplified to uh, beginners. That's really cool. That's really good insight. I guess my question for you is, you said that you uh, lived in Israel and you moved to the U.S., what made you want to move to the U.S.? Was it like for your business or like what made you want to make that move? Because it's like a pretty big move for a lot of people. It is, a, it is a big move. I mean, immigration in general, it's a big move. And a lot of people immigrate from many different reasons. Um, I felt that I need to learn how to work from within the market for myself. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, but but in general, the professional one, and this is actually the real one why I'm why I'm in in US and New York. Um, and this is also it's not it's not just the US. I'm I'm in New York specifically, um, because I saw that when I am operating from a different state or a different country, I am operating from a different state of mind. And in order to know how to work for a, an economy that is represented you know, um, by a culture, uh, consumer culture and uh, marketing, language and a way of thinking a way of being and a way of consuming it's better to be part of that culture and to work from within the culture other than just work from outside the culture and constantly make adjustments those adjustments are very expensive they take time and specifically in new york which is for me you know the pinnacle of uh, of the world uh beside the energies and the type of people that you meet here uh, everything happens here first, so it's like it's like the the center of the tsunami because um, the, the 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 way that things are being unfolded in New York, uh, the concentration and the speed is very different than the way that they're happening in, for example, in the West Coast in Los Angeles or San Francisco, and that's why I'm I moved myself here to feel and sense and and work from and create from within the market and not externally to that. Uh, so this is awesome. And you know, uh, all forefathers are to say, uh, if, they, if, if you are, it looks like they, you need some change, then go for that change. Even if you have to make this change by by uh, going to some other, so some other country as well. So uh, because this, this really changes the mind state, state of mind, and this really change, impacts on the strategy as well. So this is great to listen to that. So by the way, uh, let's talk about a little bit about the technology as well. So what is the role of technology in, in, in this whole scenario, in this whole story? Obviously, everything is, everything is on technology, but uh, how you are using this technology and what tech stack you are using? So it's funny that you're asking because my my intuition in um, especially when when things needs to be resilient um, and and durable 
um, and also in the way that we're selling, that I'm selling them as premium, um, the best way to go with technology is to go with what's what's already working on Earth. And I chose a very, very ancient technology that is being professed for billions of years that called wood. And I take all the qualities of, of wood uh, itself and wood products and uh, implement them for households and what they need. I mean, this is how furniture are created, but also in terms uh, specifically in our market cats that they're little demolishers or big demolishers depending on the cat mm -hmm. um and uh first of all to create a natural look and feel for both uh the household and and of course for the cats because they're actually living in that and nobody wants to live in a synthetic environment i mean it just doesn't feel as as good and it's not as sustainable as we want to be not just sustainable to the environment also sustainable for ourselves and yeah. you know, we prefer to wear uh, linen and, and, and cotton rather than uh, polyester for, for the long term natural material yeah. we can breathe through um and then um, gradually, there's always the technological component, and uh, there's always a lot of uh, things to do. So the infrastructure is natural. The infrastructure is made of wood and other materials. Um, we incorporate um, uh, wool, felt. We incorporate cotton ropes for uh, traction, for vertical traction and climbing. Um, things are meant to live for live for the long term, I mean, I'm talking about years and years. Um, we have five years warranty of the products, um, the wood parts and, and one year on the textiles, but um, from, from experiences that we're doing now that I'm testing for a while, they live way longer. And mm -hmm. to add technological components, and of course, to incorporate them with a mobile app and, and some other gadget that we can do, but only if it really uplifts the product and create new uh, user interface, not just for the sake of, you know, putting a million dollars and developing a mobile app just to say we have a mobile app, because eventually, if, if, it, if it's not part of the product, if it's not usable, um, nobody is going to get into that and do it. So it has to bring a, a big added value. And I have some, um, it's a registered IP already, I cannot um, elaborate about all of that, but we have a lot of uh, future developments that incorporate different technologies um, in the trees, in the product and outside of them, as well as uh, engagement with mo mobile applications that we will gradually imply in. And because of the modularity of, of the product, we don't have to put it in the MVP. We are starting with the basics and then gradually when we will be good enough in what we start to do, we will implement them uh, well. And I'm saying gradually, it's like next year, but um, because that this is how our mind thinks, but but um, technology will be there and the right technology will be implemented. Great. Uh, so now if you if, if you will let me know, like uh, I can see your website um, and your products are by the way, uh, awesome. Like uh, it gives us sense like, where you are giving some luxury to your pets. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my my so, cat my cat Adam really happy about those. He's uh, just testing them. I have a few prototypes in my house, and he's a tester. We spread some prototypes through other cat owners. Um, so far, so good. 
uh, they, they looks good so obviously they will be good <laughs> so on the other hand uh you can see like your, your website is uh, developed in shopify um your story uh, your story is basically shopify and and website is just uh an alternate website of the shopify right uh, yeah before before the uh you know starting because the 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 length of development and uh creating new new website between the interface and the um all the communications and the back end that you need to create you know physical products um working with other fulfillment warehouses with orders with manufacturing there's a lot of things to consider when you choose an e-commerce platform uh, e-commerce platforms varies between different um, different utilities and services that they provide. There's a lot of claim for fame out there. Uh, I've done long research also based on my past experience. And eventually there's a lot of platforms that are meant to serve, uh, I would say mom and pop shops. And they're mm -hmm. very big ones that meant to serve, you know, big, big corporations and very complex stores, you know, and, and and then you go to the phase that you're actually developing yourself when you're going through endless amount of SKUs, SKUs, excuse me, SKUs, SKUs, uh, that you sell a lot of different products and services and you have combination of them and you get to thousands and millions of combinations. Um, and the management of this becomes, you know, something that you just need a whole team just to manage the website. Uh, because we're a startup company, I built it all by myself and through going, uh, it's not the first time that I do that, but going through the process also really uh, same as I, I said about crowdfunding before, um, makes you go through each and every phase, makes decision. And the Shopify so far, um, I don't I don't get anything from them, fortunately. But Shopify proven themselves, uh, first of all, from user interface, the best uh, and the most convenient platform to operate on. Uh, very easy to make changes. And, and when you talk about e-commerce website, you are in the website every day, several times making changes because of clarifications, because of different uh, messaging that needs to change because of the back end requirements. So the website is a living, breathing, uh, tool that you constantly get back to and work on a daily basis. So when choosing a website platform, there's so many uh, factors that at the end affect about what is the right website. And there's no way that somebody can go and redesign their website every two to three months. So it's a, it's a big decision to make in the, in the upfront. And Shopify at the end brings from um, the the templates that they offer, uh, you know, aligned with my premium um, look and feel requirements um, to the ease of use, the engagement with the backends and other platforms, the applications that they're offering, developers' uh, needs, Shopify actually uh, offered it all. Plus, it's a big enough platform that they're constantly offering different developments and improvements to their own based on their own knowledge. So even that you don't know everything that you need when you approach them just by the way that they're laying out and offering, you see that there's in, in their end, there's a lot of uh, 
thought and, and experience that is poured into the design itself to the coding. So I'm not I'm not here to you know advocate shop, <laughs> but but for people who are coming to to, to build an e-commerce, there's a lot of factors that that affect the decision about what kind of platform you want to work with, what kind of vendor. And for me, Shopify works the best. No, this is good. This is good to hear. And uh, by the way, uh, uh, what uh, checkout strategy uh, you're using, like what payment gateways you are using? I believe uh, what I can see, like it looks like you are using uh, Shopify's uh, payment gateway and uh, it is accepting debit card, credit card, right? Sorry, say, say that again? Uh, payment gateway. I'm, I'm talking about payment gateway. I believe uh, in your website, I can see like now you are using Shopify's own payment gateway, and uh, this is accepting credit cards, debit cards, sort of all these things. Yeah, yeah. When when you're establishing, you know, an e-commerce store, at the end, somebody, uh, a, a, you know, a, a credit card charging service needs to be placed. There are endless amount of services, and you can choose. Um, eventually, the price you know for charging is is about the same until you get to big big uh, quantities to large volume. So for for this phase, it was the easiest just to go with Shopify, and later on, of course, all decisions will be reconfigured. Yeah. So when uh, when we talk about a scaling uh, scalability of a system, uh, obviously there will be a time where you will begin to. Uh, massively grow. So at this time, I believe you will be going to uh, choose a custom option for the website because uh, uh, with this, with this, when, when, when you're using a Shopify's auto-generated website, in these cases, there are limit, a lot of limitations as well. So uh, those limitations will be removed once you will move on a custom solution. You may think, you, you may keep the Shopify store at the backend behind the scene uh, uh, shadow the store will, will stay there but on the front uh to um, to give the more batteries ui more batteries user, user experience more rich functionalities you might have to uh, switch towards um the, the custom solutions as well so where you'll have a lot of independence and yeah. uh, most most of the brand starts with uh, you know a platform and then gradually I still I still haven't launched a business I don't know how the business is going to uh, I have a vision about it but I don't know mm -hmm. um, how it's going to work and operate and and react it's it's a uh, there's a plan and we're I'm working out my plan but there's also you know the plan of the work and gradually. Um, most of the brand, once the brand is established and they already have like up and coming, um, traffic and operations running, they redesign the whole website at some point to the, to the extent of the website, including coding. So like, uh, you know, just start from scratch, but something that is completely adopted and, and tailor made to the brand and to the business as yeah. the business goes. Uh, for example, um, I really want to do in the future uh, full customization because the product is Lego and um, I, I want to be able to allow people to fully customize the unit and not just to sell kits and add parts later on. Um, to do it and, and, and do it in, in a visual way that they can actually three, see a, a three-dimensional model 
in their own uh, space, whatever the space is, and engage everything on their mobiles or uh, the website. Yeah. And this is something that requires a lot of coding. And this is something that Shopify can definitely not can offer. I mean, there's not a lot of website that can offer this today. Yeah. And this is something that once the business is is more established, we will um, you know rethink about all the new features and everything, all the, the future plans. But this is this is far in the future. Uh, to start with, you know, just to get familiarized with the market and the business, um, you know, a, a, a prefabricated platform is usually the, the right way. Yeah, hundred percent. And like for us, I mean, it's something that you know we specialize. We're always like in terms of custom solutions, and we always like think about you know ways to improve experiences for customers and e-commerce brands. Like one of our you know recent trends that we've seen is that we add blockchain uh, you know options for customers and actually i would say 90 95 percent of e-commerce stores still don't have that option there's a huge trend right now to move towards allowing people to pay with crypto wallets which i've seen become very effective but you know i'll just wrap this up by saying so i guess like what's your message you know to everybody watching i mean you know there's like a lot of founders that you know are watching this you know just to kind of like start a business or you know this is like your not your first venture but like what advice do you have for somebody that's just starting out today um my main message is uh, is to do i mean to go to go through to pursue your dreams and to um shape your dreams and yourself while pursuing them uh, but not just sit there and think or look at other people. I mean, if you're already in the process of looking at other people who are doing it, you're in the right place because you already aspire to see like what's what other people are doing. But uh, to pursue your dreams and just go for it. And while going for it, you will learn so many things that are not, you know, cannot come to you if you are not uh, out there um, on your own on your own private road of of entrepreneurship. So whatever the idea is, even if it's a if it's a non-feasible idea today, you know, technologically or conceptually or market-wise or financially, or economically, doesn't matter. I mean, just by thinking and processing something, it gets you to your own next level of awareness and consciousness. And I think that's the most important thing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation and I appreciate your insights and I wish you the best of luck with your launch. We're rooting for you. We hope that it's very successful and are very excited to see you guys go live. So, Thank you very much for the opportunity. I uh, enjoyed talking to you and um, let's see, August 8th, currently. Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you very much, guys. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye.